You're listening to Trek FM. Hello and welcome to the first season finale of Commentary Trek Stars, a show which deals with the work of Star Trek creators outside of Star Trek. I'm Mike. I'm Q. And today we are going to be recapping Brandon Braga's work as a television creator. Yeah, and despite everything we're about to say, we actually really like him. We like him a lot, not just for his work in television, but for his uh, humanitarian efforts, if you will. Yeah. Like that like, time that he got Obama elected president. Yeah, by hiring a chick who was really sexy. <laughs> it was clever the way he cut that Gordian knot right in half by putting a sexy chick on his show. That was very clever. I guess we could leave it at that, but uh, would you care to elaborate? Because I remember when you first told me about this, you connected the dots. Well, I'm and, t- and granted, it's a little weak, but... For well, the most I mean, part, I think it actually does work. I don't think that, that Brandon Braga was aware that by hiring <laughs> Jerry Ryan to play a formerly Borg um, lady on the on the Voyager, I don't think that he thought, yep, this will get us a black president. I don't think he saw that many pieces ahead. <laughs> you know, he's not Moriarty. And he didn't have a flash forward. <clears throat> no, at least not at that point. And if he had, he would have been like, I should not make a show about this, because <laughs> that will not turn out well. But, you know, hiring Jerry Ryan made Jerry Ryan famous. She became a big deal. And also, he... Well, she was married to a senator. Yeah. And he was a very crazy, weird guy, who also had the exact same name. As Tom Clancy's long-running uh, protagonist, Jack Ryan. Now played by New Kirk. The point is that her fame allowed the scandal revolving around her divorce from Jack Ryan to reach critical mass, which involved him taking her to various sex clubs, and that scandal pushed Jack Ryan out of the picture, replaced him with Alan Keyes, a completely unelectable wacko. And yet... A Star Trek fan. And, and a, devout, a, a devout DS9 Deep fan. Space Nine. Absolutely loved <laughs> Deep Space Nine. Because... If he loved Voyager, that would just be weird. That would be crazy. <laughs> but uh, that allowed Obama to take the Senate, which allowed him to be presented in the public eye very Obama, who's positively. also a Star Trek fan, by the way. Also, yeah, Obama is also a Star Trek fan, although not as much as one might hope. Not as much as Alan Keyes. Not nearly as much as Alan Keyes. Alan Keyes got the DVD box set, mm-hmm. and he didn't even open them because he saw those box sets for Deep Space Nine and was like, this is crappy packaging. The point is that like, he literally said everything wrong. Yeah. He didn't really get through an interview without um, putting his foot, not just through into his mouth, but like clear the back of his head. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was completely fa- like like trounced by Obama. Obama took the Senate seat and then that was a huge victory. And he, um, you know, coasted on that all the way into a presidential campaign. And the presidential campaign went fantastically because he was very well marketed and very, very good at campaigning. And he took the presidency. So in a large way, Brandon Bragg is responsible for having a black president. Mm-hmm. But I will say that when I went to vote for Barack Obama over Alan Keyes in the uh, in, in the Senate yeah. election that year, I was wearing my Seven of Nine t-shirt very intentionally. The cat suit? 
that had the the, the like the boobs. No, I was I wasn't wearing the cat suit. You I, were, was I don't understand. What is a seven of nine T-shirt? It's a T-shirt with a picture of seven of nine on it. Well, that's not screen accurate. Anyway, enough of uh, Brian Braga and his um, you know philanthropy. Yeah, <laughs> this is a picture of Brandon Braga pointing into the background to a picture of seven of nine in the cat suit and the title <laughs> philanthropy. <laughs> Hashtag philanthropy. I really hope that Chris makes one of those pictures. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brandon Braga, as a television creator, <laughs> well, he, his, the, he's, he made two shows. The first, two shows. The first one was Enterprise, which he co-created with Rick Berman. Mm-hmm. So, um, thoughts on Enterprise? Um, I, I am the outlier. I'm the person that says that the first two seasons of Enterprise were much better than the last two. And uh, I see a clear line from when Brandon and Rick were running the show to when they weren't anymore, and it started to become terrible. Well, I I liked Enterprise quite a bit. Um, I I, I do think the first couple seasons were rather weak, uh, but once they hit the Zindi arc, I, I was completely on board with that show. So his second show, Flash Forward, which we mm-hmm. covered last week. Uh, this one I was not as enthused about. Mm-hmm. I thought that they were trying too hard to make something very, very specific. It actually reminded me a lot of uh, Heroes. It's dead on. It's like, we are doing this thing. Yeah. We are manufacturing uh, this, uh, these, these catchphrases and these... Um, mysteries which we want you to be totally invested in. Although, let's be fair, Heroes was way worse about that. It was way worse about that, but I think it was a better show. Although I don't think it was good. This is splitting some very stupid hairs. (laughs) So, flash forward, you're not a big fan. No, uh, and it's primarily because when I saw the pilot, I flashed forward to being an extremely frustrated viewer. and was like, this is not worth watching. Well, have no fear. Brandon Braga has uh, two other shows, um, which he has in the works right now. So the first show that he has coming on, theoretically, is Cosmos, a space-time odyssey. You know, it's it's a remake of a show that Carl Sagan did back in 1980 for PBS. It was 13 episodes. It was a documentary series. The show was essentially a science show in which Carl Sagan was the host and he would present uh, scientific concepts in such a manner that they were easily accessible to the common man. And Well, contemporary science, it, it, was, it was of its time. Yeah, yeah. Um, some things are incredibly dated. Mm-hmm. Uh, astrophysics and quantum mechanics are constantly changing fields. And, and in, the, in the intervening period between when the making of Cosmos and the current state, um, our entire model of the universe is sort of inverted. Mm-hmm. So it needs to be updated. Well, he it is being updated now by Brandon Braga along with... Um, Neil deGrasse. Neil deGrasse Neil Tyson. deGrasse High Tyson. He is going to be the, the host mm-hmm. of the show, um, which makes perfect sense. Well, in a lot of ways, he took it upon himself to be the follow-up to Carl Sagan. Mm-hmm. He just decided, somebody's got to do it, I guess I'll be the guy. Yeah. And it is being co-produced uh, by Brandon Braga with, um, Anne, do you pronounce her name, Andrian? 
Uh, Carl Sagan's wife. I, I don't know if that's correct. I've always said Drian. Drian? Okay. It might and, be Drian. I don't know. I don't know. And, and the other, who, who was a writer on, on the original yeah. Cosmos. And Seth MacFarlane. Yeah. Which is kind of a bizarre... No. Uh, no, it's not. It, it seems very bizarre to me. I know. I don't know. Maybe I'm... I, I mean, like, well, I mean, here's a question which I thought. The, the way that the original show was presented and such with lots of you know, special effects and visual uh, interpretations mm-hmm. of what was going on and, you know, presenting it in a way for the common man. Do you think that there's going to be some animation involved? Um, I imagine there's going to be a significant amount of CGI. But I mean like Seth MacFarlane style 2D drawn animation? Um, I wouldn't say that there wouldn't be any. I, I, I was that's But you don't think that's going to be a major, major component of it? No, I don't, I don't see it being a significantly um, 2D animated thing. I don't think Seth MacFarlane is involved because of his animation skills. He, okay, I mean, you said it makes perfect sense. Now, I know that, that Brandon Braga and Seth MacFarlane are friends. Seth MacFarlane is actually in a couple episodes of Flash Forward. Yeah. He gets killed in a very funny way. Well, um, they are, in a lot of ways, very similar. Um, in that they are... Um, they're very scientifically minded. They are much more interested in being right than being liked. So I can see them getting along. And I understand Seth MacFarlane's role in a show like Cosmos because he might not be a scientist, but he knows the scientific mindset of if you're wrong, just be wrong. And don't defend your wrong position because of pride. Okay. And um, that's the thing that... Carl Sagan was very big on about, you know, science is one of the best things about science is that it knows when it's wrong and that it relishes being proved wrong. So, uh, Brandon Braga has said about Cosmos, um, we're recrafting the original and reimagining it, and it's been an amazing experience. It's a great honor to be part of it. I don't really want to say too much, except that if you're a fan of the original, you're going to love it. And if you've never seen mm-hmm. Cosmos, it's going to be a really memorable experience. That that sounds quite interesting. Now, here's a question for for you, though. As someone who uh, is notorious for being a um, writer on Star Trek who, shall we say, took certain liberties with the science on the show in order to tell certain stories which may or may not be scientifically accurate. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the idea of Brandon Braga now being a writer on the most scientific show on television? I I don't really think it's that much of a problem because I think that the, the primary problem with a lot of those stories is that they box themselves into a sci-fi concept and then they nonsense their way out of it. And when the goal is to specifically, you know, not box yourself into any sort of, like, dramatic situation, but, you know, build a box that builds towards an actual science fiction resolution, then you've got a whole bunch better thing, where you're not making up stuff that doesn't make sense, you're just waiting to deploy that one awesome reality thing in order to have the climactic topper. And when you've got Neil deGrasse Tyson, he can actually give you a A, B, C dramatic structure for how to disseminate this information. Brandon Braga's bad science on the show was a consequence of trying to come up with endings. And when you don't have to come up with a sci-fi concept ending that gets things back to normal, 
It's actually a lot easier to make things make sense. Well, uh, that's one of two shows which Braga has in the works. The second one being a show called Malice. I don't know much about Malice. I don't know much about it either, but according to Branham Braga, it is a supernatural thriller that takes place during the Salem Witch Trials, and it's about a sleeper cell of witches bent on destroying America before it can be born. Mm-hmm. He's doing it for effects, and he says that it's way off. He's still writing the pilot right now. The moral of the story is that we weren't tough enough on witches. <laughs> Okay. I mean, I know we stoned them and drowned them and burned them and whatnot, but I mean, what about stoning them and then burning them, right? Am I right, people? I think I think it's kind of a, a departure from some of his other stuff. Uh, you know, most most of his stuff doesn't really n- deal with supernatural things, but I kind of get the impression, um, given the uh, the subject matter, that it's going to to have sort of a a buffy type of comedic bent to it you know maybe something along the lines of like hansel and gretel witch hunters um i i i I can't imagine malice being like hard-hitting drama although maybe that is what they'll go for i mean i think it it sounds like fun i think that uh i I would like to see that because it sounds like exactly exactly the kind of thing that brandon parker would do and uh, and I look forward to the idea of him doing a show that, on paper, sounds exactly like the way right wing nuts think of America right now. It seems it seems to me like it'll be pretty obviously be a parody of real life. Since we've since he his his uh, screenography, not filmography, TVography. I think I've actually heard that used before. TVography, telegraphy. His CV. His his telegraphy is is rather. Uh, Small. Um, let's take a look at some of the shows that he worked on as a writer um, that uh, he didn't create himself. Uh, ba- based on just the dates involved and everything, it looks like he, <laughs> when he left Enterprise, he went off to work on Threshold, which you know he did with uh, David Goyer. Yeah, um, that was the first time that the two of them worked together prior to Flash Forward. Now this is not that Threshold. It's another threshold, which is weird because he's worked on two shows which have had names of uh, his episodes, I think, like Terra Nova being the other one. Terra Nova, yeah. That's anyway, so, so thresh, threshold, not that threshold. Threshold, not, the, uh, not that threshold, the other threshold, the one where they break the warp 10 barrier. Yeah, and, and it has... Uh, Wait, it, it, it did have... Do you mean, are we talking about the other threshold yeah, that's the not other, that threshold? the other threshold, yeah. Okay, so the different threshold. It, it, had, it had Brent Spiner in it. The one with the alien invasion, sort of. Yes, the, 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 the plot synopsis, as, uh, as, uh, as it states on Wikipedia, <laughs> is um, a, a series that focuses on a secret government project investigating the first contact with extraterrestrial species. If you take the plot of, like, Independence Day and V and kind of moosh them together and just say, like, well, what if you did it over the course of several years? Then you get thresh- Threshold. But, you know, only the first part. Well, But there were things in Threshold that I actually thought were really interesting. They were dealing with some really weird sci-fi concepts in that show. And, they, and, I, and I wish that it had kept going because it were... He was being run by weirdos, and I wanted to see where they would go with that weird idea. So, I, I, yeah, I watched the first episode, and, and I, it intrigued me, but not enough to keep on watching. And it got canceled with four episodes still left in the can that never aired, at least not until way later. 
so that was unfortunate. After after the failure of that show, um, Brandon Braga joined his uh, Enterprise writing partner Manny Cotto to work on Twenty Four. What what are your thoughts on Twenty Four in general? Twenty Four is a terrible show made by terrible people. Okay, I I, I like Twenty Four quite a bit. I, I'm especially fond of the first season. You know that 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 concept uh, was. Uh, spectacular and i think they sort of beat it into the ground as, a, as the show progressed but it's a show inspired by a format <clears throat> yeah but it was a really cool format it's, i think the idea of everything continuing everything that, that, that for isn't another that season format is wrong is, is weird but um on the whole you know i mean i i am very fond of that show and in particular i think season one is one of the best seasons of television history i can tell you the most frustrating thing in the world when you're watching a tv show or a movie or anything is when you feel that a situation is forced in order to create conflict. Mm-hmm. That is 24. That's actually what the show is based on. Well, yeah. Forced conflict in order to keep the story going. And that, that I think, is a problem. I think Which is that, why I would have also, loved a three-episode arc where they go to a barbecue and nothing happens. And, and also, you know, I, I think that it's... Uh, and my Jingle All the Way concept, I still think that's solid. I still want them to do a season of 24 where it's just Christmas Eve and he's trying to find a present. That, that'd be cool. You know, I'd, I'd be okay with that. But, um, and, you know, just the way that I've sort of always watched the show for the most part is the way that I watched the first season, which is in 24 hours straight. Watch it in real time, which is a really By interesting By the end, experience. you're so exhausted, you don't even care how stupid the show is. Because <laughs> it's really, really stupid. But I think if I were to watch it, you know, <laughs> just on a week-to-week basis, it would not hold up nearly as well as it does for me now. Now, another show which was very highly touted a, a couple of years ago was um, Terra Nova. Was it touted? Who touted it? Everyone. Who was touting? Well, Brandon Braga, I don't recall any touts. Brandon Braga was touting at a Star Trek convention here in Chicago. I actually saw him touting it. Really? You saw his touts? Mm-hmm. How hard yeah. was he touting it? Hard. You know, he. I mean, this was his new show, and he was like, this is what we're doing. Who saw How many jewels of force were People in these were touts? like, yeah, yeah. And then it, what was really awkward was right after that, Nana Visitor got up on stage, and she's like, I watched that new show the other day, Terra Nova? Oh my god, that was terrible. <laughs> it was Terra Novable. Uh, yeah. You know, based on the pilot, I thought it was kind of dumb. Um, because, I mean, we're going to go back in time to dinosaur times. There are dinosaurs. <laughs> Let's go back in time to the dinosaur times, because that'll be a good place to live. You know, with the dinosaurs. Obviously, I don't see a downside to that scenario. And then they end up back there. And then there's this mystery of, like, creepy messages and math and stuff written on things. And I'm like, I don't really care how this mystery gets resolved. Because I don't really buy any of this occurring on screen. And uh, I, I can't help but constantly think, why dinosaurs? Why is it Dinosaurs. Why couldn't it have been any other point in history? Why in the why right there in the middle of the Jurassic period uh, did they go? Then they arrive. But anyway, yeah, it it became a little embarrassing towards the end when uh, I I couldn't help but see all of the Avatar and all of the Jurassic Park and so much like proto sci-fi, early sci-fi stuff that like isn't bothered with anymore, like old novels. That became the basis for various episodes of the Twilight Zone that they stopped messing with because people saw it coming. 
you see it coming that they're back in time and they're in the past. Well, for those people who aren't aware, That's right. again with the uh, and the the, uh, the 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 concept for the show, as it appears on on Wikipedia, is um, a series that follows the Shannon family as they travel eighty five million years into the past to an Earth of a parallel universe. So, um, you ever seen Land of the Lost? Kind of like that, right? It's a lot like, like that. Like the idea is like it's in the future, like Earth's resources are being used up so they go back in time. Right. The air is completely polluted. The environment's all messed up, you mm. know, and it's, this, is, um, this is the future when that's occurred. So right. it's like Thursday. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they need to go back in time to where it's not so bad. And they stumble upon a portal. Mm-hmm. That allows them to open a little space and pass through into the past, but of course, they then immediately say, "But it's not our past. It's a timeline. It's a different timeline. We're going back in time to dinosaur times, but it's not like we're going back in time to our dinosaur times. So, like you know, you go back in time, you can kill that T Rex. It's cool. You're not going to be moving any fossils around." Of course, then immediately they go, oh, yeah, it's our history. We're back in time in our past. Anyone who dies here was already dead, and they were buried, and they were, they were probably born near their own bones. It's crazy. Can you handle it? Yes, I can. Because I figured it out immediately. And it's stupid. Well, it's a uh, another show that involves time travel with, with um, Brandon Braga. And it's another show that got canceled after one season, despite being very, very um, highly touted. I don't remember anyone touting this show. Well, it, it had like the most expensive pilot of all time. How high were these touts? Like Steven Spielberg was producing it. Steven Spielberg was producing it, and I don't quite get why nobody thought that, that was stupid. Because when you have Steven Spielberg's name on a thing, and then you have dinosaurs show up, I mean, how do you not say... Don't, doesn't this feel kind of like we've done this already? Mm. I mean, really, is this Avatar, but in Jurassic Park? And that's what it was. And it was, and that's embarrassing. It's embarrassing when the mechanisms are so clear that you can actually see, like, there's the architecture from Jurassic Park, and there are the cars from Avatar. Oh, and there's that guy from Avatar, and there are dinosaurs. <laughs> oh my god, how, are, how is nobody making these jokes? Yeah. I mean, it's our future. So Shouldn't somebody say, isn't this just like, di- like, like Jurassic Park meets Avatar? Isn't this weird how this situation is so much like those two scenarios? Anyway, guys, we should go deal with the dinosaurs. Well, that's it for uh, Brandon Braga's television work, but he did uh, have a hand in a couple of non-Star Trek movies, one of which he's credited on and one of which he's not. The one which he's credited on, along with Ron Moore, is Mission Impossible 2, uh, directed by John Woo, with a screenplay by Robert Town, the Academy Award-winning writer of Chinatown. Yeah. Um, what did you think about Mission Impossible 2? It's not good. And uh, and I think it was Josh who said, like, what's notorious? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I didn't see that, but it's bizarre how close it is. Oh, I totally saw the notorious. I mean, connection. I hadn't seen notorious since I was like 10. <clears throat> but like uh-huh. he said that and I was like, I was like, 
oh my god, that's that's bizarre how close it is to yeah. Notorious. For for those who don't know, Notorious is a movie which was directed by Alfred Hitchcock, but the plot is very very similar to the basic plot of Mission Impossible, where there's a spy played by Cary Grant who uh, gets a, a woman played by Ingrid Bergman to go undercover with uh, a guy who is a bad guy in order to do some stuff. There's very weird parallels, like right. scenes which take place at racetracks and everything is very strange. The, there are, the, the weird parallels are actually so weird because they don't really seem to need to be that close. Well, what it, What's strange and what, what I love about this is, you know, for years and years and years, yeah, me, you, and Josh in particular, our friend Josh, would always talk about the parallels between this and Mission Impossible 2 and Notorious and how... It seemed so close, like so close that maybe like there was something in the back of our mind where we, we were like, did they not know? Is it possible yeah. that they saw Notorious at, when they were 10 mm-hmm. and they were like, I've got a great idea for a movie? Because that happens. Yeah. That happens. Sometimes like an idea it gets implanted early enough and you forget where it came from. So when I met Brandon Braga yeah. and I had a chance to ask him a question, my question was... What did you contribute to the script of Mission Impossible 2? And his response was, I don't really remember specifics. The one thing that I remember doing was uh, the, the the thing with the gas, with the, um, the air masks yeah. on the plane. And the idea of like putting like sleeping gas into those, you know, and he's like, I, I thought that was an interesting concept. Like, that was mine. And he's like, but I don't remember much else. I remember... You know, we would go up to Tom Cruise's house and have these long meetings. We talked a lot about Notorious. And, and he I'm just like, said it. And, and I just got this huge grin on my face, <laughs> and he kind of stared at me like I was crazy. I got the impression. Maybe not. Maybe that was just me. But I was just like, of course. <laughs> I When you told me that story, I thought, like, he just said it? He just flat out he said just, it. He's just like, and then we watched the movie that it's exactly like... <laughs> I got the I got the impression that he was probably more familiar with Notorious than he is with Mission Impossible Two, the movie that he wrote. Yeah, I think that he probably doesn't remember how close, or maybe he didn't have anything to do with how close the finished product was. I don't know. I could see him not ever bothering to see it. Yeah, because I mean, like based on the story, it seems like a bad idea. Well, um, the the only other movie which he he worked on, which uh, he is isn't even credited. On is uh, apparently Freddy versus Jason. He did a draft on that. Now we saw Freddy versus Jason together. Yeah. Um, and I remember liking that movie quite a bit. I still like that movie quite a bit. Um, I, I thought that it was better than any Freddy movie, and uh, that's really weird. Better than any Jason movie except for Jason X, oh. <laughs> and um, because he's in space and. <laughs> The, what, what I, the, the, thing, the thing that I remember most about uh, you know, coming out of this is that we both had the, the same reaction, really, which was it was like a, a crossover comic. So like a Dark Horse comic. A, like a Dark Horse comic, but yeah. like a really good one. Yeah, no, that was the weirdest thing because I remember I, I'm a big fan of the first Batman vs. Predator mm-hmm. because I think it's one of the best Predator stories. Mm-hmm. I think it's an excellent Batman story. I think it's a great primer on both worlds. When you when you go in to see Freddy versus Jason, I mean, like you, you're thinking, like I don't know what this is going to be. Is it going to be as stupid as it seems like it could be? <laughs> and it really could be that stupid, and it could be worse mm-hmm. than you can possibly imagine. And when the pieces fit, 
and the mythologies like interconnect in a way that's logical and like and, and like all of the all the mechanisms are still in place like the the the, the the seemingly required checklist of things that you need for both Freddy and Jason, you gotta hand it to it. I mean, you know, it's dramatically all over the place. There are points in that movie where you're like, why is this scene even here? But the point is that it works. Yeah, I, I like that movie a lot. Alright, well that's about all that we have on Brandon Braga. Well, any final thoughts for the season on Brandon Braga? The last person to create a Star Trek television show. Anytime I've heard him talk, I think I think I like this guy. I like him personally. I have a lot of respect for a lot of the things he's done. And, you know, if I had to pick a Star Trek, you know, Voyager would not be up there. If I had to pick three Star Treks, Voyager would not be up there. If I had to pick four, Voyager would be in that, baby. But the point is that uh, I like him. And I and I and I do not like that um, that he took a secondary job on Enterprise. I, I feel that he was better running the show. I feel the show was better under him. Okay, I'm also uh, a big fan of his. You know, I, I did spend a very long time hating on him. I think that was reactionary. I think a lot of it was being sort of like in it at the time. You know, like you know, distance sort of uh, puts things into perspective, but, you know, when you're going through, you know, like a series that you hate and, um, or not necessarily hate, but which you hate in comparison to the other works in the franchise and you forget about everything that that person has done before, um, you sort of uh, aren't really a rational critic. Looking at it uh, now with, with the new perspective, with, to tie it all back to a theme which has been running through our season, fresh eyes. <laughs> Stop using fresh eyes! I gotta say, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a, I'm a fan of, of Brandon Braga's work. And, you know, the, the two minutes that I, I spent uh, talking to him in, in which my he life, divulged. In which he divulged. Possible well, plagiarism. <laughs> um, I, I've got to say that, uh, yeah. I, I am a fan, and I'm looking forward to Cosmos, and I'm looking forward to Malice, and I will watch, you know, anything else that he does from I'm this hella looking on. forward to Cosmos. I'm a hu- I love the original, and, I'm, right. and anything with Neil deGrasse Tyson I will watch. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to that quite a bit. Malice, I, I hope that's as crazy as I think it is. That's the end of season one. For those people who don't know what we're talking about, we just like to put things together in nice little packages and we decided to do it in 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 star trek terms well 26 episode seasons you are a list maker Uh uh-huh you like things ordered (laughs) i'm a list maker by uh yes (laughs) by by lineage yes um and when when it occurred to you that you were kind of ocd about things you said i'm just gonna jump with that I'm i'm just gonna get get totally into that ocd character and just go yeah, everything has to be in 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 in, in quantities of twenty six. It's it's nice. It's nice because it gives you know it, it gives our 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 show our structureless show some structure. So season one is over with, and we will begin season two next week. We got to start doing cliffhangers at the end of this. How can we? How come this isn't a cliffhanger? Maybe. Well, not until season uh, three. Not until the season end of season one. Season was three. kind of a cliffhanger. It was. It was. Open-ended. It was a mysterious thing. Let's mysterious. include. Let's include a mysterious thing. I've got a weird crystal. <laughs> there you go. What okay. is it? What does it do? 
I'm not going to tell you. All right. I'll tell you later. Well, um, yeah, next season, which will be next week, we will begin a look at uh, Nicholas Meyer again, this time. Folk- as a person who makes movies. As a person who makes movies. Look for that. Uh, next week, we're going to be joined by John Tenuto once again mm-hmm. to talk about uh, Meyer's uh, autobiography or memoirs. Uh, the view from the bridge, and you're gonna, we're going to look at that book specifically, focusing on his work in Star Trek, and uh, yeah, we'll just go from there. All right. So thanks for uh, a, a, a very entertaining season one. Continue to uh, provide us with comments on the Trek FM forums, or on Twitter at ComTrackStars, or uh, you can check out our other show at CommentaryTrackStars.com, and uh, we will see you next season Mm -hmm. and by that we mean next week